and Detergent Fridays, and I'm very, very much excited about this one because um, we are hosting a brand that I am a huge fan of. I've been, um, you know, this has been a long time in the making, and I'm quite excited because they recently launched a brand new scent, and so I can't wait to hear about that, but more so just about the whole brand itself. So I'm very excited to introduce you guys to the co-founder of Hermetica Paris Perfumes, um, John Malloy. Welcome to the show, John. I'm so honored to host you. Well, I'm really honored to be here. Thank you, Ekta. It's, 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 it really is um, a great privilege to be invited onto your, um, your podcast. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for your kind words. I'm really excited to learn all about the brand and of course you as well, because I know that, you know, launching a perfume and fragrance line that is so successful, so wonderful, such as yours can be quite a task. And I see a lot of new brands these days coming out with their own lines. So I'm excited to learn about you guys and where you began. And if you could uh, take a minute and walk us down memory lane and really introduce um, yourself to our audience and where the perfume line began. Well, I just got to kind of put in a, a little note for I am Irish and I can't speak for hours. So just be careful to your listeners. So this can be <laughs> if you've got to take some somnifers, um or to keep yourself awake. Now is the time to take it or else have a big kettle of coffee in front of you. No, um, joking aside, um, I, first of all, I'm a co-founder and I, I shouldn't start without saying it's my wife who is the, 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 the better half of the two of us and who is our artistic director and who works in all the perfume creation with, with us in the company. So we're a team of people. Um, how did it all start? Uh, how did we create Hermetica Paris? Um, well, it's funny. I think earlier on we were chatting, you were talking to me about the, the white space, the white paper. It yeah. must have been maybe seven years ago. And um I, my daughter came in one day as i was in the you know in the morning time and i had the, i had the 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 cold water running in the bathroom and she turned it off and she said papa you're wasting one of the world's precious resources that's water you need one glass of water in the morning you don't need to keep the tap running you know me being an irish person the lovely the sound of fresh cold running water in the bathroom in the morning is fantastic and that kind of dawned on me if my seven-year-old daughter is already educated on what is a precious resource in the world in schooling at that age and what are they going to think or what are my kids going to think of, of their parents in 20 years time what will their parents have left on the perfume industry yes we built some wonderful perfume brands that are sold in many countries uh, and that's a feat but what have we changed? What have we really made? How we show, you know, shook the market. And that's where my wife and I, we thought about what could we do really differently um, to break up and to shake up the market. And that's when we came up with the idea with Hermetica Paris. And what is the idea about Hermetica Paris? It was to have a, 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 a fragrance that was constructed and made in a completely different way to what's available in the industry by respecting the world and by being extremely more conscious. We, we like to call it conscious beauty. Some people call it clean beauty. But the idea is to try and be as conscious, to be as sustainable, and to think of everything down the line. So we started by having, normally in most perfumes, you, 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 you make your formula and it's an alcohol-based perfume. And that's what helps it project. It what helps the perfume, um, you know, we have, have a sillage all the way around you. When you walk into a room, it's the alcohol that really helps. And it's fantastic. It's been working for years and it works very well. So we said, let's, how can we change that? How can we, so we took a skincare base 
We start with a skincare base that has a moisturizer in it for your skin. There's a small bit of SPF. And then we started adding the different ingredients, the most sustainably sourced ingredients, not always 100% natural because 100% natural doesn't mean sustainably sourced. So we had to really go out and be careful. Everything we did from having recycled glass and the packaging, um, having, you know, um, 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 biodegradable ink use on all the paper, everything, all the ingredients, the perfume working the whole way down the supply channel to make sure what farms they come from, where they're harvested, how they're harvested, how they're made, um, working yeah. with what's called green chemistry. And what is green chemistry? It's using the byproducts of other industries. So for example, to make the Lydia the Valley molecule, we use the we use the 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 orange rind from the orange juice industry in the morning. We could, that's fermented, and uh, to cut a long story short, you end up having a Lydia the Valley molecule. So we use a lot of things which are kind of really at the point of technology and very interesting um, to make sure that our fragrance have a palette of ingredients that have all been thought through 150%. And so Hermetic at Paris, the word comes from the Hermetic tables. The word comes from alchemy. Uh, what does that mean? It means the first Hermes Trigemist was the first Greek um, um, alchemist master. And he left the Hermetic tables, which were the first scientists, the first doctors, the first of everything when it came to innovation. He left these tables. And so we thought that those tables would be a great base for building a brand on a new way of writing new formulas in a new scientific way. And that's how Hermetic at Paris got started. It was a will of people in the fragrance industry to start with a white piece of paper, start using things differently to produce a product. And how is the product different in the end is that when you wear a Hermetic at Paris fragrance, it dances on your skin. So rather yeah. than being something when you launch a perfume with alcohol, this dances on your skin and you get to smell the whole fragrance straight away. So you don't have to wait for a dry down or wait for the perfume to evolve. And, and that's what makes it a very unique way it's been made, a unique way to be worn, and a new way. Uh, and that's what we tried to do. That was our intent. And hopefully it's working. <laughs> oh, it is. No, it is. What a wonderful, wonderful journey. I mean, that is really, really, you know, it's a breath of fresh air, for lack of a better, you know, phrase, because in the perfume world, I mean, as a consumer, John, you know, I've, I've always looked at it from this lens of, I could never see inside of it, you know, the realm of like fragrance and perfumery. And it was as if there were these like walls, you know, always around it in the sense that I never knew like, you know, what goes behind fragrances? How are they made? What are the ingredients? You know, what's going on back there? And so, you know, to hear you say that is so refreshing for me as a consumer, because I agree with your daughter, you know, I think that it's time that we address the issue of waste. I mean, it had been long overdue for many, many years. And it's still, I think we're still working with it now, right? Across industries. But to hear, you know, a perfume brand very boldly come out and say that, listen, we're doing it, but we're also not compromising. You know, we're not compromising on quality. We're not compromising on, on the true experience of a fragrance that you fall in love with. That is very unique. You know, you know so I really commend you for taking this on and, and doing it so beautifully. You know, really huge hats off to your wife and yourself for this because i really love the line i love the fragrances but you know it never it, it, it at first we didn't think we were going to be able to do it it took us it was such a tough work working with the noses because what we call a nose we call a perfumer we call them because the french word line we call it a nose yeah. or a perfumer so when the perfumers had this first brief and when ali normasne was working on this 
she was tearing or literally tearing her hair out. How do we get this to work? Why will it work? How will we make long lasting fragrances? Uh, how can we do it in this manner? So it had reformulated everything from A to Z. And it was like someone going to university and getting a master's and getting a doctorate in something and then saying, hey, we've got to start and go back again. And that's what it was. So it intellectually was a great, um, you know, a great challenge, but it was very, very tough. And we nearly pulled the plug on the project a few times. And at the very end, Alinor came back to us and she was able to make a, 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 a sort of a fresh, dry, amber fragrance, which was the first fragrance we made was called The Source. It was called yeah. a green, dry, amber. Um, and when she was able to put all of this together, um, that, that with a fragrance that was so complex, then we knew we could do anything with the brand. And that, so once we had the first fragrance, which that's why it's called the source, the source one. Once we, once Alinor was able to make the source one and once Clara validated that fitted exactly what she wanted to do, then we said, let's go, let's continue. And uh, right. that's when we started making the other fragrances saying, if we can do that, we can do anything with it. But until then we were really um, pulling our hair out and, and, and trying to make it work. But today, if you look, if you see the fragrances, um, they're all built around how it interacts with your skin. Um, when you spray the fragrance, you can touch it. Obviously, you never rub in your fragrance. Here, you can really touch your fragrance. You can wear it on your hair. You can wear it on your skin. It's, it's natural in your skin. It covers your skin. It's like silk on the skin. And it's got a moisturizing side. So it's a different way of wearing the fragrances. I just got back from the U.S. And uh, we've got a great partner, you know, with um, Blue Mercury in the U.S. And, you know, they, they really are also a pioneer in, in conscious beauty and clean beauty. And they, you know, they really said, look, they want, they want to take it further. How do we get our customer base, which is very different? How can we, um, you know, help you, John, talk to the, 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 the conscious beauty American um, customers to see how they can see fragrance through those lenses. And I think that was great because when you've got a partner that can help you and that wants to build on this, because it's new. In the beginning, everything was new. We had to teach a new way of selling it, a new way of wearing it. And, and now it's just grown and grown and grown. It's been a phenomenal success. So we're, we're very lucky. But at the beginning, I can tell you, we were we were not sleeping for, <laughs> I would say it was months. <laughs> you know, we were wondering, yeah. you know, are we doing something crazy? Is this going to work? Um, how will it be adopted? How Because people are so used to wearing their fragrance in a certain way. Um, yeah. But now we've got, you know, nearly 20 fragrances in the collection. Um, and it's the whole um, collection of Hermetica Paris is based around the ingredients. There's always a key ingredient like amber bee. So it's like a honey type of amber in the fragrance or like um, dark oud or, or, or um, um, peony pop with a peony and pop. So it's, and every fragrance is what the name is. And that's what's so fun working with this brand. And when you see how they dance on the skin, it's amazing. So what we've done now with our team here in Paris is that we have actually created and choreographed a dance for each one of the fragrances. So each fragrance comes with its own dance as well to really help our customers see and feel that rhythm of this fragrance that it has, that movement it has on the skin, the way it flows and the way you can wear it. And I think, you know, letting a fragrance dance in your skin is exactly the feeling we want to have with this, with this, with this fragrance brand called Hermetica Paris. I love that. No, I really love what you said. And I, I'm really glad that you mentioned uh, Source One because I was actually going to ask you, that was one of my big questions was this idea that, you know, when I first experienced your line, I 
was very um, excited because I think the idea of layering has been up and coming, right? In the in the whole um, consumer side of things when it comes to perfumes. You know, I think a few years ago, the conversation was ignited by, you know, whether it's influencers or whatnot. And everyone was talking about, well, do you layer your perfumes? And, you know, at that time, I was like, I was one of those people, like, I have my scent I use it every day. You know, I don't really think about wearing it with others. And I really had to sit down and be like, well, yeah, that's a interesting concept. So when I first experienced Hermetica's, um, you know, the different fragrances, uh, you know, using source first and then finding another one. So say if you're somebody who really enjoys citrus, you know, taking one of the more citrus based sense and using that to layer on top it became so easy and so the first thing and i think the first thought that came to me was wow they just really simplified this idea of layering you know for the common consumer because oftentimes i mean we all talk about layering you know our scents and our fragrances and creating our own unique scent but it's very difficult to do and sometimes it just goes wrong you know you end up overpowering yourself with too many you know perfumes too many fragrances it's like your trail is you know you can you know you can smell it like 10 miles away so you know that's a, i think an ongoing issue with with consumers for what i've heard so i want to talk to you a little bit about that you know this idea of source being the base you know it's the first one that you guys made like you said and then you know on top of it like how should consumers approach as they're you know like going through the line and, and looking for their like what would be ideal for them? Should they, you know, should they do that where source is the first one and they find another one? Or what is something that you would recommend, you know, as someone is perusing through and looking at the collection? Well, I think first, if I can go back one step, I, I think with fragrances, um, the rules with fragrances are there are no rules. And I think yeah. you've got to keep fragrances easy, fun. Uh, fragrance is just an, an a really enjoyable part of your beauty in your life. And I think we've got enough rules when it comes to skincare, to makeup, to so many other things in life. So I think I've always said to people I met them, just don't give yourself any rules of fragrances. If you like it on yourself, those who like you will like it on you. And I think you've got to keep these base and things. You've really got to wear things that you like. And then when it comes to a next step saying, do I want to layer? Do I want to mix? Do I want to do side by side? How should I wear fragrances? I always say it's trial by error as well. I think you've got to try it. It's really like, I always kind of put it back to looking at uh, my mom when I was younger, she could open up a fridge and she could make anything from all the ingredients. If I tried it, it would have been a, a disaster. <laughs> so I think, yeah. you know, how, how does she do that? Yes, she's a great chef and yes, um, but it was by trying, by knowing, uh, half the time she never had to use a weighing scales. She'd have to measure things out. She could just make a cake like that. She had everything in her head. She could taste it, add a bit more of this, add a bit, and it always came out perfectly. So I think that's something when someone has been doing it, that happened by trial and error. So I think the same thing, your fragrance, I would not put any pressure on yourself about layering or mixing. I would say, go for something you love and yeah. then try it out. And wear it for a day if you want to layer it with something else, see how it is. Do you enjoy it? Do you like it? Often, we are built, our olfactive function is built to reject something we haven't smelt before. It's like a protection force. So yeah. often, your nose will reject, say, oh, my God, what is that? It's too strong. I don't like it. But give it time. Let it adapt. Because if you're, if you're built to reject it at first, then give it a bit of time. Maybe you will like it and maybe it will be great. 
And I always say, you know, layering things. So yes, we have the source. Why do we say the source works well with everything? Because roughly 30 to 45% of all the other fragrances have the source in it. So it, it, it really is a base of all the fragrances as well. So we know it goes well with everything in the line, um, which is different maybe to other brands that we've, we've got the source in every one of the other fragrances. Uh, and that's why it, it, it works so well with them. But I think in general, I just don't like to give people rules of fragrance. It's a wonderful way of touching our emotions, um, making us smile, taking us back to a memory, making us think of the last time we danced all night long and smiled, whatever it was. It's, it's all about joy. Beauty is about joy and giving you energy. So the more rules we put on it, the more boring it becomes as well. So I would always right. say just enjoy it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is about that. It is about, you know, really experiencing something and and truly immersing yourself in it. I, I completely understand that. I just think that consumers are shifting these days, right? I mean, there are a lot of people shop online. A lot of people are more so not going into stores to experience things from what I've heard, or at least the feedback I've gotten. And, you know, I don't do that myself. So for that purpose, I found it to be really interesting that you guys had this original fragrance, right? And you called it Source, and then you have multiple fragrances. So it's, for me as a consumer, I saw that, and I think it's very interesting in the sense that you can experience the original fragrance, but then you can also build on it, right? So you can keep building on it over and over again, however you like. I mean, that's obviously there, but to have that kind of structure, there is somewhat of a structure when I look at it through my lens as a consumer, because it's, it's simplifying for me in, in all honesty. I mean, that to me is a lot easier than another brand that I might enjoy where everything is named after some very, you know, exotic thing. Right. And you're trying to figure out, well, which one is the citrus one and which one is the, you know, the one that smells more floral and it's, it can get very confusing, I think for consumers, you know, I, I think right now we're in a really interesting place with perfumery where it's becoming a household thing to have your own signature scent. I mean, that's what I'm seeing on social media. That's what I'm hearing about. And I think the more we can simplify that for people, the easier it will become for them to really do exactly what you said, which is really enjoy themselves and enjoy a product that they use every single day, you know, that they can take pride in every single day. I think that's what good consumerism is really about, you know, and that's really the premise on which I'd ask that question. But I completely agree with you. You know, I think that it is, you know, of course, always about enjoying yourself and the product. But, you know, I, that really leads me to asking you um, about this new launch, because I really want to learn about what you guys, um, what you had in mind. You know, why did you create a new scent? Um, where did it really begin? And, you know, what is it all about? If you could kind of give us a, a peek into it. Um, well, um, just to go back on just one thing you said there about the, the fragrance and people want to be individual. I think people are... Um, using fragrance to customers and I talk to, um, and I think you're very right, it's more like becoming part of their wardrobe. Before, people had a scent or a signature scent in the past, and but didn't wear the same clothes every day. And I think what's happened is people now have seen the importance of scent in their everyday of kind of basically, oh, I'll match that fragrance to my mood today. I'm going to wear this wonderful, you know, colored, red colored shirt and what whatever color pants or whatever color, um, you know, dress or skirt or whatever. And I'm going to match my fragrance to my wardrobe today. I think that's what's happening a lot with people as well. And I think what we've tried to, to do to 
help our customers from listening to them as well is to make discovery kits. So we've started the brand at the very beginning where you can buy a little discovery kit and discover the source and seven or eight other fragrances together or six fragrances together. And therefore you can try them out for a whole week. And then you can go back and pick the fragrance that you would actually think is the best on you. So you can actually go ahead and buy at home, try at home, wear at home, enjoy at home, and then eventually, you know, go out and splash out and buy the fragrance that you really love for yourself. So I think Pete Vibes out to giving you advice. I say, really go guys, go get a discovery kit. It's, you know, that can help you get into a brand, try everything on your skin, how it is, and then go pick the fragrance you want. And then you can build up your own type of wardrobe, like you have a clothing with your fragrances as well, and really enjoy fragrances to that extent of having different types of looks in your fragrances. And maybe to answer, to answer your last, your, your, your question there about the laser. Well, we had a, a fragrance come out called Pomelo Flow. And Pomet, so all of the names in Hermetica, we try to have them so people can online understand quite quickly through the name of the fragrance. So Pomelo, Pomelo Flow. It's like an, a flowing citrus fragrance, uh, Pomelos uh, from the grapefruit family. Um, you know, people, it's got a wonderful bit of rhubarb in it as well. And it's got this wonderful um, um, a jasmine as well, an Egyptian jasmine, but Pomelo flow, the main note is pomelo. So coming out in the summertime, this fresh citrus, um, energizing fragrance, um, just really giving you that extra step, that extra bounce when you're walking, that extra um, lift when you're dancing. And that's what we try to bring out in a very simple way. But what is pomelo flow? You know, it's it's a vibrant composition um, that likes to take its time, you know, from, from this wonderful citrus zest, you know, pink pomelo cord and this tangy fruity character which is enhanced by this wonderful egyptian um jasmine absolute bring it together to give you this you know floral citrus twist and and i think that's what makes it fun with fragrances to find an ingredient you like and then see how they mean combined with other ingredients to find you know a bit of fun uh and 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 that's what we try to do so that's an example of, of, of the latest launch is Pomelo Flow. And I think it's an, a very enjoyable this time of the year. Um, it gives you a bit of cooling and it's it's very refreshing. Yeah, no, that's I, I love that. I love the name as well. It's very um it's very enticing. You know, I I myself am a huge lover of like citrus scents and just fresh scents, right? In general. I think a lot of um Americans are, I from what I've heard at least. <laughs> um and I think it's a great fragrance. I've tried it myself and I really enjoy it. And I think with all of your fragrances in the line, I mean, they it really holds true what you said, which is that they're very unique and that, you know, no matter where you spray them, you don't have to put all this work into thinking about you know am i putting in spraying it on the right place on my skin and all of that stuff because they they're wonderful you know whether it's on clothing or hair like you mentioned they're just wonderful and they last that's the big thing is that's they really last and and from a science perspective or from a chemistry perspective i wanted to always learn about that was what is it that makes them last i mean are they oil based or i mean how does that work um if you could tell us about that as well because i mean i don't have to you know freshen up my uh the perfume when i'm wearing it you know throughout my day and and as much as i would normally you know with especially with like a citrus scent so um any insight you have for that well um I think, you know, longevity with a, with a fragrance, um, it depends on a lot of things. Also, um, first of all, it depends on all of us. We're all, we're all different. Uh, fragrance is always going to be slightly different in everyone's skin. 
Um, because we are all different and we are all unique. And that's the whole idea of the alchemy on of the fragrance on your skin. Why does it last so long? Um, people often say because it's the concentration. Um, you know, in fragrance industry, you've got what's called a, a uh, an uh, an eau de toilette, and then you've got an eau de parfum. So the French name. Yeah. So an eau de parfum is a higher concentration. It's usually more expensive than the eau de toilette. And then you can have an eau fraiche, which is like a fresh water, uh, a toilet water, or you have your um, uh, pure perfume. And then you can have a concentrate, which is even even stronger. So you have all these different definitions that are always written on, on a bottle. If you look at all of the Hermeticas, they are all eau de parfum. And an eau de parfum is, which is the, the luxury um, concentration in a fragrance. But what makes the really the fragrance long lasting is when you're actually building the fragrance with the perfume or the nose. And how do we do that? We actually wear it. So I would, you know, my, my darling wife, I think she's reaching over to give me a kiss every morning. And actually she's reaching over to grab my, my left hand and to see, is it still lasting um, throughout the whole night, the fragrance? So I think it's really by wearing it. So we wear the fragrances before we bring them out to see how long they last um, and to see how, how, how they hold on your skin. And, and that's really important because for us, our noses don't have, or our perfumers don't have a budget. They don't have to buy, certainly they can buy whatever they want. The, the palette of ingredients is completely open to them as long as they are within the, the our conscious beauty or our clean beauty guidelines. Otherwise they can use whatever they want. And we really push them to pick the, the longest lasting uh, 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 and the greatest ingredients. And I think when they have, when you've got a creator who's got that sort of, um, openness um, to use the best, they always will use the best. And that's why I think the whole niche perfume industry has really helped a lot of the, 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 the consumers find fragrances that do have that um, quality, um, care, and individual touch, because you have got a lot of individual people who are building these brands and wanting to put um, the very best of ingredients into the brands and to make something even more individual. So we, we if you want to ask us, cut that short, what makes a perfume long, long lasting? It's, it's a combination of the quality of the ingredients, the concentration of the ingredients, and how the, the brand owners, how they've worn it to see how long it lasts um, in different conditions. And that can be if you're in a really high, you know, if your office has got a lot of air con as we have today, Often, you know, your fragrance can you might have to wear a little bit more if you're in a very hot environment. If you're, if, so it all depends on a lot of things. Um, but I think really you've got to find a brand that you trust in that you know makes long-lasting fragrances, and and then you find if it's an eau de parfum, you've got a first sort of guarantee that it should be long-lasting, and and that and that that's really it. Because I can't some perfumes you can add in a higher concentration of a note and it will last even less because the effect is not always linear with ingredients. So really it's about finding a fragrance that you've tried in your skin that lasts long, look for an eau de parfum on the bottle and look for a brand um, that has a good reputation for making long lasting fragrances. I love that. That's, yeah, I, I love that um, response because I agree with you. I think that it should come from a place where the founders have put in that much effort, you know, and it's so refreshing to hear you say that because honestly, I'm not, like I said very early on in the episode, you know, I really did not know much about fragrance, you know, as just a general consumer myself, I have always seen the fragrance world as this very 
hazy gray area, you know, where it was like magic was happening behind these walls. And then to not know, you know, how it all came to be. I mean, it, it really, um, that sheds a lot of light for me is what I'm trying to say, because that tells me that you guys have really put yourself into this, you know, and that's exactly as, as a consumer. I think what we all want to know is that, you know, have the founders poured themselves into making products that they believe in where they're wearing them themselves. They're testing them themselves because with perfumery, oftentimes as consumers, we hear, well, you go to a lab or a manufacturer or, you know, a perfumery house and you let them take over and they are the ones that decide everything. But it's really nice that you are being so open and transparent about this and that, no, we actually wear them ourselves. We try everything and then we bring them out. And that's important. You know, that matters. And I think it's not talked about enough in this industry. You know, um, I, I was having a conversation with a perfume expert, you know, a, a while ago for one of my episodes, and we were discussing this concept of how um, these days, we have a lot of people just buzzing about the same sense, you know, on social media, but no one really knows who was behind these fragrances, you know, like no one knows what the process was behind them. And I feel like if consumers knew a little bit more about those kind of transparent aspects, there would be a shift in the, how we see people shopping. I really believe that because I think there's so much more to a scent or any perfume that you purchase than just okay, well, I like I liked the feeling of it and I like the smell of it. I think it also matters, like, you know, the things that you had brought up, which is, you know, is it clean? Is it doing good for the environment? Is it something that you truly ethically and morally believe in? I mean, we have to ask these kind of questions at this point, I think, in our journey because we have to vote with our dollars, right, at the end of the day. And so to understand that about a brand and to understand all of these transparent aspects, I think for me is a huge selling point as well, because I mean, hands down, you're making amazing sense. That's the bottom line, right? I mean, every scent is wonderful. I've tried them. I love them. And, you know, as a consumer, I would purchase it because of that, obviously. But then you also have this moral and ethical reasoning behind it. And that's where I find it to be so refreshing that you guys are so involved in every step of the way, you know, rather than just saying, yeah, Ekta, you know, we just, we let the nose take over and she does it. And then we just send it out because that's, unfortunately, I, I feel like that's what's been going on for many, many years, you know, in the industry. And I, I just don't agree with that, you know, with that kind of uh, mindset. So it's very interesting what you said. I, I think what's happened, I don't think there's any, in the industry, I don't think industry has tried to do anything that hasn't been, you know, correct. I think really what's happened is that, as you said yourself, now it's more, it's come out more who the noses are. For example, Clara wrote a book nearly 20 years ago about the 22 perfumers in creation. So if you're going back 20 years ago, it takes a while for industries to change. No one really knew who the noses were behind brands or who the perfumers were. No one knew who yeah. they were because brands never communicated on them as a creative force. It was always the name of the fashion house or whatever it was. So when Clara brought that up, that was kind of the turning point when a lot of the niche industry started about 15, 16, 17 years ago, was talking about the importance of the, the brand owner and the relationship with the perfumer and the nose. Because you've got to remember, these nose, the perfumers, they've spent, you know, 10 to 15 years, you know, studying and working. And try. These are real experts who've got an olfactory memory, which is amazing. Uh, they can, you know, if you're working in the fashion industry, you can see 20 different colors of black. Exactly. If you're not in the fashion industry, you see black as black. 
It's the same thing with maybe a rose and a nose. A nose, you say rose, and they can maybe tell you a hundred different rose smells they have. As for someone else, I think rose smells like rose. So I think there's an there, there's enormous genius to noses and to perfumers, and a lot of them is not known how special and how creative they are and how important they are in the whole process. And I think that's what we've tried to do is bring the nose forward. But being um, and explaining how we work with the nose and also we work with the same noses on a long-term relationship because we find it's very important to build that relationship between you. So they know what you like and what you don't like. Like in all good businesses, they're all built up by good relationships between people. So with, with, um, with Hermetica, not only do we say that, but actually we plant a tree for every bottle sold. So we plant trees in Indonesia, where we get a lot of our ingredients, and also in Madagascar. So for every bottle that's purchased, there is a tree planted. So that's also something we like to do as well, because we feel that it's it, it's something that means, and it can be calculated, and it's true, and you can see it. Um, so it's working with ingredients. It's working with people who care. Uh, it's working with fun um, 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 choreographers making a dance for each fragrance. It's about dreaming, dreaming about these wonderful ingredients, how they are on your skin and how they make you feel you want to dance every time you wear them. I think that's the essence of what we do at Hermetica Paris. We want people to smile, feel beautiful, uh, and to wear the fragrances so they feel that, that extra step in their dance. And, um, and at the same time, as I said before, do things, try to do things as most responsibly as possible and maybe give back through this tree planting initiative as well. I love that. That's so, that's very unique about the trees. I mean, we definitely need more of that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we're definitely facing this crisis globally where there are definitely a huge lack of giving back as, you know, in comparison to what we're taking. And I love to hear that. That's really unique. And especially, you know, being, someone who's looking at the, I see this a lot in like, for example, beauty, you know, like brands coming out and saying this uh, overall, but in fragrance, I don't see that a lot. So that's really refreshing to hear that. And I think that, you know, with this whole clean perfumery concept that you had brought up, brought up, like I, I, I'm really curious to see how this evolves, you know, in the coming years, because it's very, for me, I never thought that you could do that. You know, you had said this very early on in the episode, and I, I still find it to be so intriguing that you were, guys were able to make this happen because with scents and, and perfumes, I thought when the extraction process, like you had to have like these extremely, um, you know, just very pure raw materials and, you know, all this stuff. And I, I mean, obviously I know nothing about that. So um, it's refreshing to hear that you were able to come up with a way to make it happen, you know? And, and I think that that gives a lot of hope to all of the people out there that might want to start a line, you know, I think it can be expensive. Um, so, you know, in terms of that, I would love to get your advice for budding entrepreneurs, because I know a lot of them tune into our show and, and just kind of give your, you know, uh, words of wisdom, if you could offer them to them about, you know, starting a line. And if they do want to go in this route of keeping things clean, keeping things sustainable, you know, where could they start? Well, I, I think the first place to start is start with what, what, what they like themselves. I think if you look at most brands, they were built, or most of the best brands in the world were built by families and or by, fam they were by families. And they did things because that was the way they did things. And because they had some tradition and they respected that and they had longevity. And that created what we call the brand, um, the brand cornerstones or the brand foundations. So I think anyone going out there that wants to set up a brand, I think you've got to start by putting down what you believe in, because then it's not like a job. 
it's not like a, if you do every something every day you believe in, and if you do want to make changes and you want to change something or help someone um, um, be, to introduce preference someone in a new way or in a different way or start your own brand, you've got to just go ahead and do it. And then you've got to, um, you know, take, take the time. It's, it takes a long time to build a successful brand. I look at brands and I do them like humans, but without being in a very simplistic way, with regards to age. I think, you know, a brand, when it's one year old, it's like a toddler or two years old. When, you know, when a brand is 12 years old, it's a young, you know, teenager, just becoming a teenager. It needs supervision. It can't be out by itself. When a brand is 20, 21, okay, it's 18, it's free, you know, it's 20, it's still in university, it still needs a bit of, a bit of guidance or it ask you for funds. Um, and then afterwards, that it, it, it evolves in something mature. But I think it's like that. You've got to say to yourself, I'm going to build a brand. This is my way of looking at it. You've got to take it through the 18 years of development until it becomes an adult. And then you've got a really strong, solid brand if you get it that far. But if you want to try and develop a brand and just do it for a year and then change your mind into something else next year, it's very hard. So you've got to really have a passion for it. You've got to love brands and have a vision of the world. I think a good brand is a vision of the world. And that's how I would describe a brand. So a brand should have its own vision of the world. That can be similar to yours, but you have to explain what the vision of the world is to people. And then they can feel that's part of my lifestyle. That's part of my vision. I like that brand because it. It echoes what I feel. So I really feel anyone out there that's got conviction uh, and has got a lot of endurance. You remember that doing a brand is, is really, really takes up a lot of time, energy, uh, resources, your time from friends, family, everyone. And you've got to be able to dedicate that to do it. But, it, it and, but it's well worth it if you can do something you love doing, because then it doesn't seem like work. Right, right. I love that. Thank you so much. I mean, those are really... Uh, you know, just, it's just great advice, you know, overall, I, I really resonate with everything you said. And I think for everyone listening out there, um, it's, I, I think if you're going to start something, I mean, John said it so beautifully that you really do have to understand why you're doing it. I completely, completely agree with you. There's too many brands as is, and it just, you know, becomes redundant if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, people call it the white space or whatever, you know, the term is at the time, but it really is about finding a solution or whatever it is you're doing. And I oftentimes see many people just say, well, they think it's like a quick, get rich, quick thing. You know what I mean? I come up with a brand or whatever concept. Oh, this is working. Let me, you know, hop on that bandwagon. But unfortunately, that's just not how it works. So I'm glad that you said that it takes so much of your energy because I think many young entrepreneurs don't know that, you know, they don't understand that there is a lot of investment here, you know, both financially, you know, emotionally, psychologically, there's a lot of stuff. So um, great, great advice, John. Thank you so much. And, you know, I really love the brand. I think it's Hermetica is such a beautiful line. It's every scent that I've tried. I've absolutely loved. So you guys are definitely doing something really great here. Um, I'm a huge fan. So thank you so much for giving me the honor to host you and, and to learn from you. Well, look, thank you very, very much. It's been a real pleasure. And I hope that um uh your listeners um can really you know maybe go find find a a discovery kit and try it out and discover and do that discover it and, and see and hopefully that they will find something they love and um otherwise one day maybe they'll be bumping into a store and they'll see the brand hermetica paris and go, oh 
that was the one I listened to uh, a year ago on a podcast and tried out. Uh, this is how things, it's, it's funny how we bump into brands. For me, it's bumping into brands is kind of fun. You don't have to have it today. You can bump into it and then it all comes together. So it was a lovely, lovely meeting. Um, I'm glad our stars have been aligned and crossed. And um, thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you so much. And for all the listeners out there, thank you guys for tuning in. And I really, really encourage you to, yes, go check out the discovery um, kits on the website. Um, and also I will be linking everything in the concept art for this episode. I really urge you guys, this brand is so wonderful, especially for this time of year. They've got some really great options um, for really fun scents for the summertime. And so I really, really urge you check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. If you've already tried Hermetica, um, you know, let us know what your experience has been. Um, any feedback you guys have is so important to us here at Skincare Anarchy. And I love hearing from all of you. So please chime in, let us know what you think. And John, thank you again. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you.